0: Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for
1: silent films. Your host, Ben, Doc G, Gordon.
0: And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. Hi, I'm your host, Doc G, with me. As always, Dave Burls, Berlin. Doc, we're back on the best day of the week, sir. That's a fact. It is. I look forward to it every single week, Wednesday. Huh? Wednesday. Word. Yes. Yeah. Um, but you hey. know what? You know what, Dave? I've seen some. I've seen some weird things leading up to this Wednesday.
2: Oh uh, yeah. Like what? Well.
0: <sighs> I, I guess it's not weird. I got, I've seen a lot of prison sentencing on the news this week. Hmm. just I, I don't know why, but I just kept on coming across. There was like El Chapo, and there was a bunch of murder cases, and a lot of mm-hmm. people being sentenced to prison. Um, yeah. Now, I'm not bringing this up to question their sentencing. Nope. Or the verdict or anything like that. I'm bringing this up because of the amount of time in the sentence itself. Hmm. It struck me as bizarre, right? Because I I saw multiple cases this week where someone was charged with life sentence in prison, right? Jeez. Mm -hmm. And then additional time additional time? yeah like so you know life in prison based on different
2: uh, things that they get arrested yeah exactly right they may have killed
0: someone but then stole a
2: vehicle too or something
0: Right, yeah so they do that life in prison plus 40 years Hmm. what? right and they do that they always point it out they're like yeah the additional time it's for other charges so life in prison uh, was was the murder, and the uh, additional time was the car robbery. But like, sort of a blue on a black situation, right? I mean,
2: That's it, a fact. it's not like those years like roll over to someone else or like a family member.
0: What? It's, it's, it's <laughs> so, sort of, that, that would be horrible by the way. Uh, your child, your, oh God. <laughs> your 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 uncle murdered someone. You got to serve some of his time. What? Girl, come on. Ah, oh, it sucks. <laughs> you Uncle Jack, come on, man. It's uncalled no for. Just like, but but in like prison. <laughs> I mean, it, it's sort of like after the bombing of Hiroshima, if another plane came in and threw a couple of hand grenades and was like, ah, hmm. you like, nobody would really notice. Like that's, I mean. When a person gets life in prison and you tell them, oh, you got 30 years, I don't think they're like, oh, oh, man. That 30 years hurt. So true. <laughs> I was pretty down about the life in prison, but after you told me, like, and, you know, like whoever's car they stole for the extra 30 years isn't going to be like, well, now I feel better. Now I feel vindicated. <laughs> if they wouldn't have put that extra 30 years on there, I was going to be upset. But luckily... Like and then, not only did I see the life in prison, but in some cases this week I actually saw where they would get like way more than humanly possible years alive. Like they would be like, "This person since two hundred and forty years."
2: Jeez, holy
0: crap! And I'm like, "Is it's a bad dude?" Yeah, well, I'm like, "Is is." Are you just trying to leave like a sliver of hope for that person? Hmm. Like, just in case you turn out to be the oldest living human in history by a long shot. So true. We want to make sure they enjoy those remaining years outside of prison after their 240 year sentence. Like, sweet. And I feel like some kind of karma in that situation, a person actually did serve out their 240 years. As soon as they step outside of prison, they just fall over dead. And you're like, oh, from the sun rays. That seems really ironic. Somebody notify Alanis Morissette. This is That's a fact. 240 years and now they're dead. That's a shame. Okay, <laughs> Dave, oh, I'll man. give you the choice. Do you wanna just fire up the show or hear mm-hmm. how I try to relate prison sentencing to our show? Your option.
2: Oh no, I gotta hear
0: your, uh, your relationship there. Let's, hear, let's see what you got. Okay, okay. Dave, I feel some of the critics of the Doc G Show have Mm -hmm. said that if you want to feel like you've been sentenced to prison without committing a crime, listen to the Doc G Show. I feel like that's what some of our critics say. Your ears won't be free for the entire show. Well, I'm here to say, Dave, that's true. But our sentence is not some unreasonable 567 years. It's only 90 minutes. Plus... It'll be accompanied by some lovely music, this show, from Katie Cole. That's right. There you go. Way to, like, soothe the pain, you know? Right? A little Novocaine in that prison sentence. There you go. Dave, are you You ready to fire up this prison sentence? Yes, that's
2: like the, she's like the shank in the (laughs) cake that you bring in. They sneak into the. <laughs>
0: to I, I don't know if they still wait, do that. What? I am confident in saying she will not put that in any of her advertisements for her album. Nope. She is the prison shank to the prison <laughs> that is the show she was on. What word? Derailed. Let's fire uh, it up, Dave. I tried. Fire it up. Five. All three engines up and burning. Two, one. Zero and lift off. Dave, like I said, I am very excited. We have none other than Katie Cole, uh, who is a singer songwriter in her own right with her new EP, eh, semi new. It, it came out in 2018. Uh, Things That Break, Part One. Uh, very good. Very good. We're going to hear a couple Dope. of songs off of that. But she also is a uh, touring member of the Smashing Pumpkins. Played bass, uh, played guitar, or played uh, keys with the Smashing Pumpkins. She just got off of tour, European tour with them uh, for the last two months. 17 cool, cool. different countries. Her Instagram, all kinds of, of cool shots of Prague Lit, and, as and, the kids and, and Italy. Yes, the kids. You got to keep me. I know you're getting old, Dave. You know, I you know. had a birthday, but you got to you got to keep me connected. That's right. Uh, if not, I'm just going to have to I'm going to have to rely completely on Justin and we know he's not been connected with any age group cuz he's just that weird. So he's just in his cave. Now we're the this, we like to call it Litany Spears. World. Oh. No. My goodness. I feel like that's not going to catch on. Nope.
2: Has it already called on? Okay, good. I I don't know. I I heard some kids saying it (laughs) out in the streets. (laughs) I
0: heard somebody (laughs) one time at a Target say it. It counts. Uh. Okay, Dave. We're going to start where we start. Birthday suit. Oh, yeah. Happy
3: birthday, Mr. President.
0: Okay, we've got three definitely doable uh, achievable birthday suits here dave yes. that's what i like to hear yes okay here we go first one our birthday suit wearer was born on july 24th 1969 in the bronx new york nice yeah, some listeners right there. We've had some listeners from the Bronx. So true. Uh, our birthday suitwear has two sisters, one younger, one older. At a young age, our birthday suitwear started taking up dancing and singing lessons. In high school, our birthday suitwear continued to sing and dance, but also did gymnastics, ran track and played softball. Mm. Uh, competed mm. in track at a very high level, too. Her senior uh, year of high school, she auditioned and was cast in the a small movie titled My Little Girl. Mm. In 1991, mm. she was chosen to be a backup dancer for the new kids on the block. And then oh. she was chosen as a fly girl on the show In Living Color. Yeah. In 1996, she starred in the movie Selena as Selena. In 1999, our birthday suit wearer made a move to music where she released her single, If You Had My Love. Hmm. In 2000, she made national headlines for wearing a green Versace dress to the Grammy Awards. Made big, big headlines. Everybody was talking about it. In 2001, she released her second album and starred in a movie titled The Wedding Planner with Matthew McConaughey. She went on to release... Oh, (laughs) J-Lo? Boom! Yes! Let's go! Jennifer Lopez. Indeed, man. from the block. Went on to star in movies like Made in Manhattan, Border Town, Lil and Eve, Parker, and Second Act. She is currently engaged to A-Rod. yeah 50 today 50 50 the the big 5-0 for j-lo yes indeed happy birthday (laughs) j-lo wow 50 still looking killer man still looking killer that's right still got the dance moves still got the singing impressive impressive uh anyways good happy birthday to j-lo Big deal, 50 man. Half a century. Dude, crazy. I'm surprised
2: I got it. None of those clues were too, you know. You, 2001 you, is with the clue that I got.
0: No, you got know, to you got to you got to reach back. You got to reach back for j lo yeah, She's been around was, for a while, man. Was, I, I, I was 8 years old then. I remember the Versace dress, dude. The Versace dress was crazy. I was I'll look people it up at people were looking <laughs> they, 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 they were going nuts. <laughs> all, Come on. <laughs> they were <laughs> I I combine two things there. I combine. That's why they put Uh, me on the radio, Dave. I'm such an eloquent. I'm such an eloquent speaker. (laughs) Um. Anyways, are you ready, Dave, to move on to rip from the headlines? Rip it. It's now time for rip from the headlines. Okay, here we go. Uh, Dave, our next story comes from uh, the New York Post. Ah,
2: very credible.
0: We've got a crisis. We've got a crisis going on in this country. Crisis? Yes! And of course since on the Doc G Show, I'm not talking about any of the actual crises going on in the country. There are plenty of those. Plenty of people actually talk about those. I'm talking about something worthless and stupid. So let's talk about that. Dave, right now, half of the men in America are embarrassed of their body hair. Wait, what? Yeah. Half, half Dave. They're, They're not manly men. That means between me and you, odds are one of us is embarrassed by our body hair.
3: Girl, come on.
2: Yeah. Dude, I, we have so much body hair, we make up for, like, four men. That's a fact. That's true. We make up for Justin. So It grows
0: everywhere.
3: Ew. I'm not,
2: like, <laughs> embarrassed by it. It's just an inconvenience at times.
0: Now, well, you know, Dave, I don't know if it's for, like, better or worse, but I feel like my body hair issue is that it grows in in chaos. That's a fact. Like, there's no plan. Nope. Like, I feel like in my DNA, the blueprint for hair doesn't exist. It's just like, anything goes. That's what's listed under hair in my DNA. Like, because it just doesn't, like, it pops up wherever it feels right. Like there's just like 50 hairs that pop up on the back of my arm, and I got like patches where it doesn't grow. It's like you know what? Nah, not here. Nope. Like Dude, it's just so I'm weird. The same
2: way, like it's like right where like my shirt ends. I don't know if it's like trying to protect my back of my arms, mm. and then start growing like on the back of my like neck over there, like where yeah. the sh- I don't know if it's like my body protecting itself, but it's weird. Yeah, and, I mean, I'm I'm not like so like I'm. You know, I'm not embarrassed by it. My girlfriend's like, you need to shave your back hair <laughs> and your, like, whatever. My like, girlfriend's might-
0: embarrassed by it, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm still, like, rocking shirts with my hair coming out the front of my chest. Nice. And my- <laughs> nice. I mean, whatever.
0: There you go. But, little little you hamburger know- meat coming out the top. <laughs> I like it like it you got to show you got to show it off my, dude we're we're manly men doc we're manly men my my body hair lives in anarchy i will be i i would like to say that i would like a little bit more uniformity to my body hair yeah. like yeah, come on guys get together have a conference decide where you're going let everybody else know where you're going like it just doesn't Now, there's some other facts that go along with this, Dave. Apparently, two facts that go along with this is that 48% of men admitted that their grooming habits weren't the best. Hmm. And then nearly 60% of men admitted that they put off shaving their face out of dread or laziness. So true. And I got to say... 100% 100% why I have this beard. <laughs> Way easier having a beard. It's I mean, exactly. Like, what? I mean, it's every day? God, my face would be sore. Plus, I look yeah. like a turtle when I don't have a beard. I don't like it.
2: No, thank you. Oh, yeah, on. my double chin or my triple chin show. But, it, you yeah. know, like like you said, like the, it's that that dread and, like, laziness, you know, by the time that second, third day comes around, I have to ch- trim up my cheeks and my neck again. And,
0: and Yeah. Gosh, I, mm-hmm. I try to, like, put it off to
2: that third day as many
0: times as you I can. Gotta. You got to. You got to. Sometimes I'll put it off, like, three months. You know, that happens every now and then. Just But see, like, okay. my beard patiently. will grow up to, like, right under my eyeballs. So like, Ah, oh, see, yeah, I don't have that problem. Doesn't do that. Yeah. Doesn't do that. Gentlemen, I'm here to say uh, own that body hair. Me and Dave say own it, okay? The overwhelming majority of people could care less what your body looks like anyways. Yeah, if your girlfriend cares so much, have her shave it. Yeah, Exactly. Which you I know do what? sometimes. That's a fact. You know, confidence. That's what people really recognize. They recognize confidence. Yeah, you
2: no one cares room. if you're that guy at the pool and your shirt comes off and you have a carpet on your mm-hmm. chest and your belly. Like, yeah, you if you work it, you're the coolest guy
0: at the pool, regardless. That's a fact. You come to that pool with body hair, swag. People will notice it. That's a fact. People will notice it. And it's really, also don't you don't want to touch if, it. I, I mean, if you if if you're in shape, you probably care less about that hair. You know, like oh, so. Yeah, that, if you have that, a six pack a under way. it, who cares? But if you got a dad right?
2: bod like me, I mean, it's you're just. They're, they're both flowing in the water. Wait, <laughs> what? Uh, okay,
0: we've, 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 we've taken too much time on this, but I'll leave it with one thing. Hugh Jackman, right? He's a furry guy, but when he's ripped, Stud. nobody cares. Nobody nope. cares. he won his Dave... shirt off. Exactly. Sorry, you got, Dave... me, you got me riled up on a good topic. I know. Uh, Well, this is a wild story coming from the BBC next. Uh, So Sarah Boyle, she's a mother of two. Um, And with her last kid, she was having trouble breastfeeding her baby. So she went to the doctor. And the doctor said, oh, this isn't good. You have triple negative breast cancer. Jeez. Which triple negative? Yeah, exactly. I didn't even know that was a thing. And I've got to be honest, the name doesn't help. They really got it. I mean, triple negative, that's not good for anything. And then you add breast cancer on there, it's way worse. Yeah. So so they were super aggressive with this. They went into chemotherapy, and they did a double mastectomy. Mastectomy, yep. And uh, the whole reconstructive surgery, right? Mm -hmm. And then a little bit after the reconstructive surgery, uh, the doctor was like, oh, you know what? You didn't have cancer. Our bad. Wait, what? Oh. What? The hospital that treated her came out and they were like, hey, we apologize. It's a human error that led to her being misdiagnosed. Uh, The hospital said that all cancer diagnoses were reviewed by a second pathologist. And I mean, just just pause for a second, listener. Think about that. Not only did they pump her full of nauseating, sickness-inducing chemotherapy, that is horrible by all accounts of anyone that has went through it that i that i have talked Literally to
2: kills half your blood y- cells yeah
0: yes! and, but then they also cut off part of her body the wrong part that should not have been cut off i mean i would be so mad yes! like i i feel like in some way like people should know that about the doctor that was involved like I mean I feel like when he comes to like I mean because like if they, I feel like the people that go to him they should know they should, I mean I, that's like going to my doctor and being like hey my leg hurts and then being like you know what it's gangrene we got to take your leg and then after surgery they're like you know what it was just a bruise. Word, They're bad. So, but it's, it's even worse than
2: that because that doctor diagnosed her and then the pathologist. Yeah, you like, had multiple doubled inc- up. Multiple. But no one's ever going to see the pathologist. They're going to be hidden in a desk. Exactly, you know? man. <laughs> that other R- doctor is the one that's going to have his name out there all the time. So true. I,
0: I mean I feel like both of them should have to, but apparently uh you know, they just threw out a An apology, and we're like, hey, our (laughs) band, next. smells like a lawsuit to me. Oh, yeah, that's that's what's happening. That's what's happening. Dave, this next story is from the Washington Post, and it's actually about a fella down the street in Daytona Beach. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, so Antonio Gearing, he was arrested on the crime of robbing a Dollar General at the end of 2018. Mm, mm, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, when he was originally arrested for the crime, his bail was set at seventy-five thousand dollars. Geez. And wow. Antonio used a bail bondsman, to get him out of jail, right, till his trial day. Seventy-five thousand dollars. Seventy-five thousand dollars. Bails bondsman. Post it. Steal from the dollar store. <laughs> seventy-five thousand items. Um, really try no <laughs> oh <laughs> Girl, come on75 thousand dollars man. Uh, his trial date was this past week. so mm-hmm. he went to court, they go through trial and then the jury broke to deliberate deliberate. And um apparently Antonio didn't think his odds were looking too good mm. uh, because as the uh, jury was deliberating, he just uh, got up and left, right? Mm-hmm. Since he was on bail, he wasn't in handcuffs. He wasn't right. in a prison jumpsuit. He just got up and left and did not come back. He was just like, hmm, don't like my odds here. Peace. Word. Uh, his bail bondsman said, I got I to gotta say, it's pretty bold to walk right out of the courthouse during jury deliberation." So true. And you know what? I'm gonna agree with his Bales Bondsman. That's that's yeah. pretty bold. Very uh, ballsy. I, I gotta say, like, if he actually robbed it, how did he think this was gonna go? Hmm. Like, did he think they were gonna be like, you know what? No, it's not this guy. You know what? We take it back. Like, what did he think was gonna happen when he went into jail? And I'm gonna have to say uh, He probably should have started Just before the actual trial You know that's a fact. You're not going to come back shut it up. Yeah, I mean. give, give yourself a couple of months man <laughs> Like maybe get a little bit Further away But so far Antonio Still on the loose I, I, Wow I, I, that's kind of I, I updated right before the show Still haven't seen Antonio nope. So um, you know
2: uh, Watch out for he's the at, dollar store thief in the neighborhood here, near, near you. He,
0: <laughs> he's out there. Anyways, uh, Dave, this next story comes uh, from uh, Gizmodo. Um, oh, Dave. Some serious sad news to start out the story from uh, Canada. Uh, an American woman and an Australian man were murdered in Canada. Jeez. Um oh, no. So, Sergeant Janelle Shoyer, uh, of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, she had to give mm-hmm. a press conference to talk about the details of this murder. That's a fact. Uh, now, the police determined it may be a good idea to live stream the news conference on Facebook Live. Mm. Uh, which, that was probably a good idea, right? Mm-hmm. Um, however when they started doing the Facebook live stream, they streamed the video with cat ear filter on the sergeant. Wait, what? With whiskers. <laughs> 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 so the whole time, she was oh, doing geez. this serious press conference looking Good like cat. a kitty cat. Mm, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. The police jumped on it afterwards and said they had quote unquote technical difficulties. And then they later re-recorded it uh, and released it back on uh, Facebook Live. Um, The Royal Canadian Mounted Police said on Twitter that they had accidentally left on an automatic setting. Hmm. And Dave, I find your automatic. (laughs) I was about to say, I find it a bit bizarre that the Royal Canadian Mounted Police have cat filter. As an automatic setting. Like, they're setting around setting this up. Like, guys, we got some settings here for Facebook live stream. What do we need? Well, obviously, automatic flash. That sounds good. Um, Tone adjustment. Automatic tone adjustment. That sounds good. Um, Automatic kitty cat. Yeah, we definitely need that. Yes, yes, and yes. Moving on. Weird, Dave. Weird. Um. Okay. Our next story, going to NPR. You might have heard this one, Dave. This one was all over the news. may have seen Probably it. Probably not. Nope. Maybe not. You're not the biggest news guy. You get your news from the Doc G show. It's understandable. Exactly. Um,
3: <laughs> yes!
0: Dave, uh, you're aware. I'm a super fan of Michael Jordan. Yes! Um, I know. That's a fact. He's the GOAT. It's so true. Uh, and you're also aware that before we had Rich Cho on the show when he was the general manager of the Charlotte Hornets, I had to ask myself, how many questions am I going to ask him about Michael Jordan? Mm. I had to debate so I wouldn't look like a crazy man. We did talk about it. We did bring it up once, right? I limited myself to that one question because really it could have just been a whole show of me being like, when he comes in... Does he have like any nutritional bars? Does it could have, have been a, c- a
2: Michael Jordan interview with Rich Cho. So true. And he
0: would have been like, you know, this is a bad idea. I don't want to be on your show anymore. So I <laughs> limited myself to those questions. Cause when you obsess a little too much, it's a little weird, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, it got a little weird in the Iowa Department of Human Services. That's right. Mm. Apparently, Jerry Foxhoven loves Tupac, hmm. and oh, I mean okay. he loves Tupac, so Jerry Foxhoven is a 66-year-old white Midwestern lawyer hmm. that love worked it. in human services I love it. <laughs> that loved Tupac. So, last week, Foxhoven was confronted by the governor's chief of staff who told him he was fired. He needed to give them his cell phone and ID card, and he could not go back to his office. Jeez. And a lot of people are thinking it was because of his Tupac obsession. Um, And he brought Tupac up too much. Apparently... This is not, this is factual. Jerry sent out hundreds of emails (laughs) over the time that he was with the Human Services uh, with Mm. Tupac lyrics in them. Wow. He also had Tupac theme cupcakes on his 65th birthday. He had cupcakes that said thug (laughs) life on them. Uh, Oh my gosh, that's freaking great. Can you
2: imagine? Him being a lawyer and sending like an official email to someone and somehow like slides the Tupac reference, it like yes! the lyric well, fits perfectly. <laughs>
0: he sent out an email just uh, the day before he was fired to 4,300 mm-hmm. Iwan employees encouraging them to remember Tupac's birthday and play a song of his, you know, Sweet. just for the birthday. Then they yeah. fired him. They fired him the next day. What, like, I mean, that's weird, but, like, why do I get a feeling that, like, in the next week or so, it's gonna come out that, like, Jerry didn't do any of his work? Like, everybody's gonna be like, ah, he got fired for the whole Tupac thing. And then, like, the next week, they're gonna be like, uh, Jerry actually didn't show up for work for a month straight, except on his birthday to hand out Tupac cupcakes. And everybody's gonna be like, Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Okay, they that check makes his a little... like
2: computer, like his computer history at work, and it's like asking like random
0: facts about Tupac and watching like, Tupac documentaries. What kind of toothpaste did Tupac use? Right. Crest. Oh, I didn't see that coming. Weird. Uh, <laughs> Dave, uh, this last story uh, comes from Los Angeles ABC, uh, ABC affiliate KTRK. Okay. Um, this is a weird one. Uh are you a big photo bomber,
2: Dave? Hmm. See somebody uh, taking d- a picture? Dude, you jump in? When I'm when I'm at Longhorn, I'm the
0: king of photo bombs. So true. Okay. I'm guessing you just, you know, maybe funny face, maybe something along yeah. those lines. Exactly. Um, funny face point. I mean, you know, do whatever. Well, apparently a lady in Texas ruined Monica DeVilla's life with the photo bomb she made last week. Wow. Uh Uh-oh. So so Monica went to Garner State Park with her family two weeks ago. She said Mm -hmm. that her husband's grandmother passed away, so the family planned a trip together in her honor. So uh, the family had their trip, took a bunch of family pictures, And one of the Mm -hmm. pictures they took in front of the sign that says Garner State Park. Uh, In this picture, a lady off to the right of the actual family uh, is flashing the camera with her breast and smiling. Oh, no. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And Monica said, quote, I just feel completely disrespected Jeez. I just think this person should be held accountable what she did was wrong there were kids that were watching her then Monica contacted the police Wow and posted oh, wow. this picture on Facebook and she said let's make this thing go viral so that she can be embarrassed she said, I've had criticism on both sides. People are like, who cares? It's just a boob. But I care. Hmm. Dave. Have many things on this story. First so many thoughts. How, how <laughs> does this ruin your trip? How horrendously frightened was this lady? Like how <laughs> like how horrible was this flashing? Hmm. Like, man. Second. Who is the camera person not noticing that? Like, yeah. who doesn't, who doesn't no look awareness at their, there. who doesn't take a photo and then look at it right afterwards? I mean, there are nine people in this photo besides the boob lady. You're telling me none of those people are like, hey, let me look at that picture. Hmm. Like, they're all like, we will wait a couple of days, proper time as if we were still using a film camera and then look at them all at once yes! like third on the news picture or the news piece about this picture they show the picture first with the lady cut out of the picture right and yeah, it, looks it looks like a great it picture fine. it mm. looks completely fine it looks like a full picture like how hard is it for monica to do that mm. like whoop crop there we go perfectly memory intact great fourth the kids in the park have never seen a boob like do you have to do damage control there like here if you want to do damage crawl here's what you do hey kids that was a lady trying to be funny i didn't find it funny so true there you go the damage control done done like fifth what are the cops gonna do i checked and technically Not against the law to be topless in Texas. Nope. It's not against the law.
2: Well, and I was thinking, like, sharing, like, trying to make the picture go viral could be illegal. Of Like, sending around a picture of a naked person.
0: Public shaming, man. The only thing they could get her with is uh, disorderly conduct. And I mean, by the picture, it seems she did her flashing in a pretty orderly fashion. Yes! So I don't, I don't know, I don't know. Monica is fired up, regardless. She's very fired up. Um, but you know what I think would be good retribution? I think this would be this would be fair in this situation. Okay. If they if they just find the flashing lady and make her say, "I'm sorry, I ruined your picture," and then she takes another picture of the family. So true. I, yep, think that's, that was, I, that's fair. I think That's I I think that's I'm, I'm fine with that. I think that mm-hmm. works. That that sounds good, Monica. If you're listening, Let's make it happen. Um. All right, we are gonna take a break. We are going to hear from our guest of honor. This is Katie Cole with her song "Time on My Hands" right here on the Doc G Show. Enjoy.
1: This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP-FM, UNF Jacksonville.
0: And we are back here on the Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP-95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Dave?
2: Guys, go on our website. Check it out. All the cool stuff on there www.thedocgshow.com. From there, you can check out any SoundCloud, you know, podcast app, whatever. Give us a good rating. Give us five mm. stars. Tell us what you like.
0: Amen. You know,
2: you know, tell us what your favorite segment is.
0: Amen. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. Comments. Um, Comment. You may you know. get an impromptu. You may get an prize pack, just like just like our man Jew Dave. Who knows?
2: <laughs> yeah. Throw in your you know your handle for. You know your uh, social media. We'd love to hear from you guys. Ex-
0: exactly. I just sent out a whole bunch of sticker packs to folks. That's right. On Instagram, they were like, "Hey, yeah, I want to some our, stickers," to our crew. and I was, I was like, "Done. You've got stickers." Uh, Dave, real quick, uh, I'm not going into our segment, master clickbaiter, um, but I did want <laughs> to bring up some clickbait <laughs> that I saw when I was looking for headlines this week. Uh, what, what, what got you clicking? Hmm, there was I, I well I didn't click. They're not gonna they're not gonna out click the master clicker. All right, the master uh, bait clicker. That's exactly. But there was a clickbait story at the bottom of a page that said this was the the quote: "21 people who probably aren't getting into heaven." Word. And I'm gonna be yeah. honest. They almost clickbaited the master clickbaiter because yep. of how dumb that was. I was like, I had so many questions. Yes! Like, how did they decide? Seven billion people, and they had 21 people that they were like, mm, odds are, are high. The These 21, <laughs> they're, they're not gonna make it. Nope. But then, they also, they didn't want to go too crazy. They were like, mm, let's not go, they're not gonna make it to heaven. Let's just say odds are, probably not getting into heaven yes! like they we don't want to say they want at all let's go with odds are like I've heard that Godfella is forgiving so he may just he might let him in even though the odds aren't high like then the picture that they had accompanied with this headline was Marilyn uh-huh. Manson hmm. uh, and I was like was that put there for his fans? that would be like, whoa, hey, what? Marilyn's not go he's going to heaven. Or was it like for the Marilyn Manson haters that were like, finally, oh, I've been yeah. waiting. I've been waiting for a list to confirm it. I knew I it. I so agree. <laughs> like, what is so weird? But I was like, no, you're not getting me, clickbaiters. I'm not doing it. Nope. No way. No, so I can't tell you who's on the list. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, I thought I'd bring that up. It was weird. Uh, Moving on. Thank you. Second birthday suit, Dave. Second birthday suit. Okay. Uh, Born on July 24th, 1964 in Riverside, California. Our birthday suit wearer loved sports in high school. He played baseball, basketball, and football. He was the best, however, at baseball. As a high school senior, the Francisco, huh? San Francisco, that's what I'm looking for, San Francisco Giants drafted him in the second round. But the contract it offered is to him- Barry <laughs> Barney. Look at, what, what? Because he actually didn't start with the San... You're you're correct, yes. But he didn't start with the San Francisco Giants. He actually turned that down because of the contract. And he decided to go to college instead. He went to Arizona State, graduated in 1986, and then he was drafted by the Pirates pittsburgh pirates in 85 in 93 he was traded to the san francisco giants he played 15 seasons with the giants he was the single season home run record with 73 he was seven time mvp award winner and 14 time all-star barry bonds wow that was very lucky guess it was It was, because I actually, until I looked it up, I didn't know that he was actually drafted and he turned it down by the Giants. I didn't either. I did know, because, I mean, that was actually the first sport that I started liking when I was a kid was baseball, Mm -hmm. um, until I got hit by the ball too much when I actually played it, and then I was like, forget this Eh. sport. No, thank you. So true. This just hurts. No, thank you. But- I was a huge fan of Barry Bonds. I actually, for Christmas, got a Barry Bonds autographed baseball, which I still have, yes. That's a fact. Yes. I do. Very yeah. nice. That's My, That's a rare item. That's right. And, well, and when and that was the thing, was when I started liking him, he was still on the Pirates, because that's how old I am. Boom. Anyways, Ooh. nonetheless, happy birthday, Dude, Barry. Happy birthday. Big 5-5, five five, double nickel. Fifth, yeah, double nickel. Living Celebrate. it up. All right, Dave, it's time. It's time to go to the shout-out.
1: Shout-out.
0: Where are we going, Doc? Where are we going? Uh, of course, starting off, Maputo, Mozambique. Thank you, guys. Shout-out. Continuing Maputo. to listen. We appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Um, moving on, it's it's almost essential these days, Dave. McLean, Virginia. Shout-out. Our, our, our random VA shout-out, McLean. Yeah. Keep 'em coming, VA. That's right. Star Trek. Virginia's Track. for
2: Doc G lovers.
0: Shout That's out. amen. Nicely done, Dave. Nicely <laughs> done. I'm gonna make a bumper sticker for that. That's a fact. Um, Me too. Citrus Heights, California. They are continuous listeners. Shout out to Citrus Heights. There we go. I'm a big fan of citrus. Lemons, limes, oranges. Oranges. Not, not so much grapefruits. Nope. Could do without those. Mm, They're not nope. my favorite. Although I can have a, a grapefruit uh, soda if you've ever had Fresca. Yeah, a little.
2: Grape-soup grapefruit. Fruit. Yeah, or a
0: little LaCroix. Mainly because, well, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. the new the new version. I went with the '80s version. You went with the one people would probably actually know. Good job. Um, Fresca is m- good though. So true. Mawa, New Jersey. You know Whoa. Mawa? Mawa. I don't. But I'm... shout out to Mawa. That's yeah. To say. Mawa. It is fun to say. Uh, Dania, Florida. Dania. What city? Yes. D-? Dania. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Dang, yeah. This is a new one. Banff, Canada. Banff, B-A-N-F-F, Banff. Uh, Oh, cool. Yeah, right outside of Calgary, apparently, yeah. Very nice. Gets cold in in the winter, very cold. It's cold, Uh, it's cold uh, cold now. (laughs) it it warms up. Uh, Here's a new one, too. Chichibu, Chichibu, Japan yeah shout out. yeah very big fans it. of it's i mean i uh, they're right up there with mawa and who's funner to say chichi boo or yeah, mawas i don't know I like this trip we're taking today istanbul turkey yeah Istanbul, very nice shout out. yeah head back down to the south of uh florida miami shout out miami mm, Shout out
2: to wade county justin's Favorite big team.
0: Exactly. Big fan. Got Jimmy Butler now. Very nice. Shout out to Jimmy in the Miami. Yeah, Jimmy Buckets. I'm sure that's who was listening. Yes.
2: Uh oh, you're right. You're right. Sh-
0: shout out to Denver, Colorado, Mile High City. Shout um, yeah. Shout Very out cool. to Santan Valley, shout Arizona. Santan Valley. Yes, Santan Valley, oh. Exactly, man. I tell you, there were some fun names in there. There were some Dude, fun that's, names. That was an exotic list today. Yes! Man, if anybody lives in a weirder place, weirder named place, get on there so I can either screw up your name or have fun saying it. One of the two. Yes. Thank, thank you for the listens, everybody. Um, we appreciate you guys and all the love. Amen. Dave. Amen! <sighs> You know, after this this uh, opening I had about prisons, there were a lot of downers. Yeah. Uh, you know, people being embarrassed by their 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 body hair. Girl, come on! I feel like we yeah. need something to pump us up. Yeah, like something that doesn't suck. Hey, Amen. Get us exactly. Get us amped about the indomitable human spirit. Maybe mm-hmm. there's something out there that the listeners have been putting off. Hmm and they just haven't had the motivation to do it. Maybe it's like a Spartan race. Maybe it's a new job. Maybe it's shaving. Mm. Well, you know what, whatever it is, this next story is the mojo to get it done. And just like Dave said, it's in a little segment we call Things That Don't
1: Suck. Things That Don't Suck, a list of consisting of Paul Rudd, and whatever the doc wants to say now,
0: Dave. What doesn't uh, suck? Melanie and Trevor don't suck. Um, okay. Melanie and Trevor have been living life, overcoming some tough, tough, tough curveballs, man. So true. They have had some some bad luck in life. Um, Melanie has spina bifida. Uh, which so. has caused her to use a wheelchair her whole life. And yeah. uh, Trevor has been blind for the last five years because of glaucoma. Jeez. Um, oh, man. The two recently met, though, in an adaptive boxing class. and uh, uh, I love it. And then they ran into each other again at an adaptive rock climbing class. Yes! And uh, Melanie told Trevor about how much she loved the outdoors. She was telling him about all the the trips she liked outdoors and how cool Mm -hmm. her recent trip to Easter Island was where uh, she got to go all around the island uh, because another person uh, carried her literally on on their back around the island. So she got to see all these cool sights. And uh, that's when she said she had a eureka moment Mm. because... Because Trevor was all about this. And she was like, you know what? We could be the ultimate outdoor hiking team. Yes! We could be a duo. She said it just seemed like common sense. He's the legs. I'm the eyes. Boom. Together, we're the dream team. Yes! That's right. That's right, Dave. They became the Dude. dream team of hiking together. And apparently the at the... goat. At the start of each hike, Melanie gets on Trevor's back uh, in a carrier. And from that point, Mm -hmm. she gives him verbal directions on how to navigate the trail. Um, Now, they started out small, but they've moved to bigger and bigger trails. And their next goal is to trek up to the top of a 14,000-foot mountain. (laughs) Holy crap. They're pretty stoked about the possibility. Um, and I gotta be honest, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty motivating. Uh, Dude, I
2: am all in on that a thousand percent. That's like my like my career is all about the adaptive and, you know, yeah. compensating and Figuring yeah. out a way to get something done, and dude, I love it. Amen. They
0: have an Instagram together to capture their hiking adventures. It's called hiking underscore with underscore sight s i g h t. Um, One more time,
2: hiking
0: hiking underscore, underscore with underscore sight s i g h t. Trevor um, and Melanie, yep, yep. You've got it. Trevor and Melanie, I believe. Now, listeners, get out there and conquer the world. Yes!
2: You go, listeners. You can do anything you put your mind to.
0: Amen. We will be right back with Miss Katie Cole right here on the Doc G Show.
1: hey what's up this rock montano this mucho yellow and it's Rockin' yellow and you're listening to doc g show from 803 to 904 the best show on the radio you dig
0: welcome back to the doc g show everybody today i am joined by fantastic singer songwriter katie cole who just got back from touring with the smashing pumpkins in europe katie how's it going Really, really good. A little bit tired, but really, really good. So I want to roll it back in time here a little bit. So you actually got started, I guess you could say, with rock music because of your mom. She was a big, big fan of rock music. Um, What were some of the bands you remember her listening to first? You know, what what were the bands that sort of peaked your ear to rock music? Hmm...
4: Oh, it wasn't. It wasn't what um what I was listening to. My mom would actually sit me and my sit down and be like, you know, we are watching this concert, or we are listening to this album." <laughs> it wasn't even. It wasn't even a choice at that point. So I was exposed at a really young age to Zeppelin and Pink Floyd, but also to a lot of sort of blues music as well. Like, I mean, classic. I suppose you know, obviously you're Stevie Ray Vaughan and, and, and the like, um, but also to like Soul Music and Aretha Franklin and Stevie Wonder. So I had this huge um, sort of span of multi-genres to kind of absorb at a really young age. So I was never sort of bound by genres. Mm. That I suppose that's the thing that I appreciate the most now as an adult. Plus, so I'm still trying to be an adult, but, <laughs> but so, I think what what really attracted me most uh, growing up were uh, strong sort of strong vocalists and people with range and the people that could just use whatever they had to get their passion across and that always kind of inspired me.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, so something I noticed that uh, you and your mom have in common. Uh, that that uh, she did and you you uh, appear to do is uh, you're big into liner notes and things that come with the album. Uh, I, yeah. he- I heard she would sit down and sort of write, basically go through, dictate as she's listening to the uh, album what she likes, what she doesn't like. Uh, does Does that make you sad now? Uh, the way that music is sort of packaged. You, you, we sort of lost that in a lot of the way as far as the majority of records being streamed and whatnot. Uh, you don't really see that. People don't really go to the record stores nearly as much as they do now. And so I don't think an emphasis is put as much on that kind of information. Uh, does, does, is a little bit of you taken away with that when you see that people aren't doing that anymore? Hmm.
4: Well, I think, I mean, growing up for me, like, there was always an element of mystery and um, all that with music. Like, you know, if you're if you trying to catch a song on the radio, you, you couldn't, if you're a kid, obviously, you couldn't, you had to wait to find out if that song was going to get played again or who it was or blah, blah, blah. And it's a very, it's just it's a, a very different time right now. Like, it's instant gratification. Like, the soul should have it. Yeah. It's just, it's this done by this artist. But so there isn't, I mean, I'm, I sort of missed the, I don't know, the, the mystery involved in musicians. Um, but I also like the line and note thing. I, I, I totally get what you're saying, but I've, I've always respected, I mean, part of being a songwriter for me was like, I, w- I wanted to know who wrote the song. So I followed songs and then artists, and then I wanted to know why I liked the entire thing. So then it became producers and engineers mixers uh, musicians where it was mastered like I just wanted to know everything about why I liked this thing whether it was the um, whether it was just one element or it was the sum of all the parts yeah so that that's me but I'm a musician so for the average person the average person may just like a song and an artist and then maybe it might go deeper to who wrote the song whether the artist actually even wrote the song yeah um so i sort of miss I mean, I mean i sort of grieve a little bit for for people today that don't know or care who was involved because there's still so much effort it's not like it's not like making records has really become any cheaper and it has to some extent but it's still expensive to make a high quality record with Multiple musicians, studios, and so and so forth.
3: Yeah, so I sort of miss
4: yeah. that 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 sort of bothers me that it shouldn't. That's <laughs> just me, as long as people are still, you know, intrigued and excited about music and going to see live music, and you know whether it's streaming music or whatever, as long as people are still passionate and excited about it, then I, I suppose that's where I should sort of be happy and just be like, cool. <laughs>
0: I, I get I get what you're saying, because it, it's a tangible piece of history, you know, you get it, and that was always a big thing for me and my brother, we'd get the album, and you'd look over it, and you knew everything about it, you knew all the pictures... Yes in the album, and it, it gave you an idea. So if you got an album from the 70s, you could tell it was an album from the 70s. That's right. You got an album from the yeah. 90s, and you knew it was an album from the 90s. And, you know, I've lo- I've noticed that's lost, this idea of genres, eras, trends in decades. Like, listeners don't really get that, a lot of today's listeners. And, I like, I worked in a gym a couple of years ago and uh, I was the nerd that every time a song would come in, I'd always quiz everybody as far as the song coming on the radio. I'd be like, "Hey guys, who's that?" And like one one time, uh, "Stairway to Heaven" came on, and I went up to one of the guys that was working. I was like, "Yeah, awesome tune, right?" And he was like, "Yeah, I've heard this before. Hmm. Who is it?" <laughs> and I was like, "I was like, oh man, you gotta know. I was like '70s, Jimmy <laughs> Page," and he was like.
4: But it's hard. because I've learned, like, especially living in the south now. I live in Nashville. I've sort of learned that a lot of people, although they really love music, mainly like music within one or two genres, and that yeah, really where it ends. And very good friends of mine, um, really. When I when I told them, uh, I'm not going to throw anybody under a bus. But like when I told them I'm hearing, you know, The Pumpkins again, would they want to come to a show? And it was like yes, but they weren't familiar with any of the material. and like, (laughs) what? I'm like, that's fine. Like, that's fine. And I get it. Like, it may not be your bag, but it's like your job as a musician or as a songwriter, which some of my friends are songwriters, is to know one or two of the hit songs. But, I mean, for me, maybe it's just that I make it my job to be aware of, like, not the best of the best, but you just try and be familiar with, a good handful of artists in a bunch of genres, and why they are good. Why? What makes them special?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it make you, you know, uh, you would think. Hopefully, it make you more of a well-rounded songwriter. M- yeah, more, y- yeah.
4: And you may not, you may not have, you may not like it, but it being familiar with it to go, this is what a lot of people really like, and this is why.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Well, so uh, along along with that same line of thought you were talking about, you know, getting to the bottom of it and looking at engineers and producers and who writes the song, so you know about that kind of thing. When you started playing music in Australia, you actually had on your your website, you actually put together a list of producers that you would prefer to work with, like your your top 5. Uh, if, if any, yes. any of these folks if anybody out there knows these folks give them a little heads up I want to work with them did you actually think anybody like I mean obviously you had a hope but did you were, were you very confident that somebody was going to get back to you and be like oh by the way no, they do no want to talk no with you way, <laughs> in no way
4: but you know it's one of those things of like you put it out there and see what happens
3: you, just, you never know yeah
4: um, and you don't ever know. And you know, for me, it was one of those. Oh my God! This, you know, one of my one of my favorite producer engineers is actually reaching out to me. Yeah, you know, what? It was like somebody pointed pointed him in my dire- in my direction, and he reached out to me. And that was my, my still my current producer, Howard Welling, and he reached out to me because I'd listed him. Because again, reading the line of notes, like I saw this really eclectic array of of artists, and one of his, his name was a comment straight amongst those. So,
3: Counting
4: yeah. Crows, and Macy Gray, and Cheryl Crow, and OK Go, and and fashion Pumpkins is one of those as well. But I just thought, you know, when you see, I don't know, like I see Patton sound like, all of these are really quality artists, they're all super eclectic, and he knows what he's doing in all of those genres. So, yeah. That's a, that's a good thing. So when you reached out to me, I originally thought, like, no way. And I responded to if I was like, okay. <laughs> 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 As in, like, it's probably not really you, but that's nice. Um, but, yeah, that ended up being one of those this-never-happens scenarios. And, and I suppose it's, it's I don't know, you just put it out there. You never know, like, unless you ask or at least try to find the way to the thing that you
0: want to do, you just, you, you never know. It, it is extremely impressive how varied his career is. Uh, you know, he's yeah. hes won two Grammys, but like you said, he's, he's worked with all these. I was looking at it before the interview uh, at, at different people he worked with the Smashing Pumpkins, Stevie Nicks, Sheryl Crow. And then I get, I get to the list and Tupac, and Snoop Dogg were on the list. And I
4: was yeah, like, what? But exa- so that's, ex- that's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, the, the eclectic nature of being involved in multiple genres. Like, his bag has always been somewhere in the singer-songwriter and indie world, but he's, he knows exactly what he's doing, I suppose, in just about every genre. And has worked, you know, with Latin artists. He over I mean, here has the Latin Grammys. Like, just, all these, it's just really eclectic. I'm always impressed with people that can I
0: don't know just can evolve in that respect yeah so so Howard he's he's been sort of a conduit uh, for a lot of the relationships you've had um like Glenn Campbell and Billy Corgan he was sort of the the in-between on on those as well um
4: yes tell me he he was working on um for the Glenn Campbell thing he was working on his he's worked worked on a couple of albums um, for Glenn Campbell and um, with him and uh, Julian Raymond and another another producer engineer and they were they asked me originally to um I can't remember which order things came in, I I don't know whether I opened up a couple of shows for Glenn first, but I also sang on his first one with Canva's record, um, which was one of his final albums, which was an immense honor because it's Glenn Campbell. Honestly, I didn't understand the weight of his um, iconic legacy until I moved to America and was like, oh, I get that now. It's a name prior to that, but it's funny when you're actually in America and see I don't know. You, you 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 learn a legacy once you actually kind of walk the path and drive the roads and yeah. cross the state lines
0: and go. Oh, I get this now. Yeah, I really get this. Yeah. So so tell me about those those. I feel like those first shows that you opened up for for Glen Campbell and and Billy Corgan when you did. I feel like those had to been like trial by fire concerts because those are some pretty big audiences and they're ready for talented musicians. I mean, they're looking for these, these big stars, and you're opening the show. I mean, was that extremely nerve-wracking, opening up those shows?
4: Hmm. Yeah, you might say that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I suppose my, the first show I did opening up for Billy Corbin was um, a sort of semi-acoustic show that he did in, um, at the Ravinia Pavilion in the um, Chicago area. And he asked me if I wanted to open up that show, and I was like, "Yes." And then, you know, and, and knowing that the audience m- wasn't necessarily my audience in terms of I'm um, sort of more American singer songwriter, and yeah, he's really, really and He's whatever genre he wants to be because he can <laughs> be any genre. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, but uh, once I sort of worked out that once you, you know, once you scale songs back to acoustic uh, format, so to speak. Um, it's not that the genre disappears, but there's a lot of work boundaries. Like, people hear what they want to hear and just hear the song for the song. Mm-hmm. So I sort of started to garner some fans out of that show. And then the following year, um, Billy asked if I wanted to open up a, an acoustic electro tour that was the In Plane Song Tour, mm-hmm. um, where it was going to be, you know, you know, a number of shows across America, I don't know, maybe 1,000 thousand to two thousand feet of venues I, I can't remember exactly what areas we covered because my brain can't remember all the tour dates <laughs> from every tour because I, I yeah
0: it's a lot yeah Sorry.
4: and but if I remembered all those then I probably forget my phone number that's how my brain works <laughs> uh, so I I said yes of course I'll do that and then that evolved into would you also want to play bass on a few songs during um, our set too and it was like yes and so I spent some time and Sort of really practiced on the on the bass, and you know felt confident in what I was doing in that respect. Yeah. And did those shows, and sort of did the double duty thing where I open up the show, run like an insane person to the merch area, <laughs> wave to everybody, sign a few CDs, and then go back to the stage. <laughs> that was a that was a fun scenario. And, that, and then we did a bigger leg of that too the next year where. Um, the original drummer from Session Pumpkins Jimmy Chamberlain came back to play that tour and um, for a few shows James Iha joined us on stage and he's the original guitarist for the lineup so it was sort of a I want to say a reunion of sorts um, but the fans just you know so lost their minds Yeah. when you know when they see basically you know a triad of pumpkins on stage they're like oh <laughs> but to be involved with that I'm, I'm gives me Australia's, you know.
3: Yeah, yeah.
4: Transient on stage, <laughs> and playing bass, through, playing bass during this, you know, sort of reunionish situation, and and it was just it was, it was just an incredible sort of incredible feat because you know on that tour sure we you know we played in medium-sized venues, like so with the Ryman and Tower Theatre and Philly and just these I- iconic venues where I started to realise oh my God, I'm checking off all these bucket list things right now. Pay attention, be grateful, just be, you know, be present and enjoy it and all that stuff. It started to sort of dawn on me that I was getting to do so many incredible things. Um, and then that became, the next tour was um, essentially last year's tour, which was an enormous arena tour. It was 40, I think 40 plus states in arenas across America and some of Europe that we got to do sold out Madison Square Garden and Jeez. Wembley in the UK. And, like, again, I'm doing all these list things where I'm on stage going, holy crap, like, how did I get here? What's happening? <laughs> uh, I'm playing keys on this tour, so I've switched instruments. And I'm, you know, again, just trying to be present. And in the moment, I'm staging kind of, you know, tens of thousands of people and just go, okay. <laughs> um W- w- so it's so
0: super fun. When you when you started, like you said, he asked you to play bass. Bass isn't really your instrument choice. You you started with with guitar and, and yeah. piano. I mean, it, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of uh, of uh, layover between the two instruments. But like, was was there a? Do you know the reason why he was like, yeah, you're gonna play bass for me? Was like, was there there a reason why did he just say you know you're a good enough musician you'll learn how to do it? What? Because like I would I'd be sitting there like well that's not really what I okay I guess so you just jumped on because he asked you
4: yeah um well, he asked me and it was it was one of those I I know me and my ability and I'm a solid I'm a solid rhythm guitarist yeah. like I know what I can do as a musician. And it is very much an adaptive role going, oh, I'm going to play bass now. But um, it's, you know, it's feel and it's locking in with the drums and being a menstrual and yeah. being something that the vocal can fall back on to follow you, to the pitch. You know, you just try and play, you work out what the role is and then apply what you know and adapt. Yeah. But once I sort of worked out how to sort of change gears like that, it became a lot easier and... And then changing gears again to be like, Cool, I'm on I'm, I'm on keys now. <laughs> <laughs> you know. That's... Not really the same as bass. No. Um, no.
0: Very different. <laughs>
4: um but he, he brought back in a he done they'd done another tour with um it's the son of Peter Hook, his name's Jack Bates, um exceptional bass player. Yeah. Peter Hook was one of the founding members of Joy Division and New Order, so he... He is—he's like an, another ice playing musician that I've now met and you know played with as as the association sort of grows with all these sort of legends. Yeah. Um, but you know my role of playing bass was no longer applicable. But you know they needed additional keys, and obviously what I add as a vocalist is beneficial to the band, and they appreciate that a lot. Um, yeah. So you know you just—I mean everything in this business is about being adaptive. If you can't adapt, like, I mean, that's fine, I'm not saying bend your will to whatever, (laughs) but for me, being creative is working out how to do the thing. And that applies to anything in life, whether it's actually playing your instruments or marketing, like be creative and find the way to do it.
0: Yeah, well, and, and I may be wrong, but Billy seems like an intense guy too. I, I feel like I would just say yes because it's him. Like, I feel like I would tell a joke around him and he would just stare at me intensely, and then I would immediately retract my joke. Like, I didn't I didn't mean that. I'll I'll play you bass. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, is that the is he, is he that intense or is that just the way he, he sort of no, seems? He is intense.
4: He, he is intense. He's, he's I believe he's become I don't know a lot more lighthearted since he's had he has he now has two children. Yeah. Um. So he, I think maybe I mean I'm not sure if that's the you know the precursor to being a little bit more sort of at ease and yeah and whatnot but but I'm sure it's been part of it um, but I I mean to me if if he's in uh, you know a funny mood and he's telling jokes or if he's in a serious mood or for a rehearsal it really doesn't it doesn't matter. Like I like working with him. I understand exactly where he's coming from. Yeah. I I understand as well. Like how immensely talented he is, and the the way that his brain works. I cannot explain it to you, but it's one of those brains where he's already working on like he's like two or three albums down the road in his brain. <laughs> and it's I can't. There's just no way to describe it. Definitely. Yeah. He is. He is definitely intense. I think that's a, that's a good word to use. But I don't think it's it's not. It's not something he does. He's just intense because he's creating on multiple levels almost all the time. Yeah, he's just yeah. God, he's, he's like he's he's omnipresent. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, so you just like you said, you just finished up uh, the European tour uh, with them. And I noticed yes. on Instagram you had some you had some fantastic pictures, uh, Madrid oh and Portugal oh and God. Poland and Florence and Antwerp and Berlin and Prague. Jeez. Uh, off the stage, uh, because I know already that you know what you guys did as far as the the actual shows had to be amazing. Off the stage, what was the best non-stage related moment of the trip? What You know, country, city, did you enjoy the most and you remember the
4: most about? Hmm. Well, I've got to preface it by saying we visited 17 countries. (laughs) Jeez. So, there's a lot of memories and the tour itself was sort of staggered as in we did um, rehearsals for a good chunk of time in Berlin. So, I spent a lot of time in Berlin. Yeah. And then it became like main headline shows, a mixture of main headline shows and festivals. That being said, you always get to see... Okay, as a a touring artist, you don't get to see anything, except if you make the time to see something.
3: Yeah, so So true. I
4: sort of, you know, I kind of went, well, I can sacrifice this sleep here or a nap here. I need to go out and see the city or it's just going to be a tour of me seeing like the bus or the airport the hotel and the venue and that's it and maybe a restaurant if I'm lucky yeah like I just want to be that person to me that's such a waste of an experience I wanted to be like well I'm on tour let me share my experience with my family as my friends go out and see these places yeah that, so that being said I saw a lot of Berlin I loved Florence mm-hmm. I took the took the a half day to going to Florence and walk around and see a museum and even Kent's meal with carbs. Yes. Like like, carbs. I was about to say I think I
0: saw the ravioli that looked pretty good. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
4: It was amazing. It was amazing. It was like truffle and ricotta and spinach and whatnot. It was just like get inside me now.
3: <laughs> um, Sweet.
4: <laughs> but the arc, I mean I'm a fan and I know it probably annoyed the crap out of some of my fans because I'm Post, you know, the sh- the show pics where it's like, ah, here's like a huge audience, 60,000 people or whatever. But then I also post polarities and whatnot of all the cities that I've been to during my travel time and all the architecture. Because like, I just, when you go from city to city, sometimes that's the best way to show people how different a city is. <laughs> it's
0: it, it's a it's a wave of differences, definitely going through seventeen countries. That's for sure. That's, oh yeah.
4: That's for sure. But well, I didn't really, I didn't really have honestly there wasn't really favorites. I found something sort of I do know, something beautiful in all the cities, you know, yeah, whether it was Oslo or Stockholm or yeah Prague was just beautiful. Like all of the all the places that I actually had some time to walk around, Dublin was incredible. Yeah. It was just yeah. There's something to see in every city. Like a landmark. Every, uh, yeah, everybody
0: big. wins. All the cities win. They were great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. A- along with those changes, you you mentioned it just a little while back. You moved to Nashville uh, in in 2015, and I actually saw an interview that you did with Sweetwater um, that you brought up the food of Nashville. Mm. But I saw in a more <laughs> recent interview uh, that said uh, that you said you were a vegetarian. So is this, a, is this yeah. a recent move to becoming vegetarian?
4: Well, yeah, well, I went back to being vegetarian. I was a vegetarian a very, very long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I moved to Nashville, and I think that interview for Sweetwater was 2017, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, and I went up there, and, you know, just, because everything in Nashville is... Delicious and smoked or fried, yeah. and there's a real it's like a comfort food town where everything's delicious and makes you want to fall asleep for like three hours. Yeah, and then you wake up and go, I think that meal was delicious. What happened? Where's my time go?
3: Where am but, I?
4: Yeah, but I'm back to being vegetarian, so it's just finding but it's finding different choices. And weirdly enough, like I know, worst that out obviously traveling overseas, you know, recently too, it's it's become. A different world for being a vegetarian or a vegan. Like there are so many options now. Of yeah, just varying like whether it's Impossible Burger or Beyond Burgers. And yes, people,
0: I was actually people,
4: gonna, people are becoming a bit more forward-thinking about food.
0: I was going to ask you about the Impossible Burger and if you had tried it yet.
4: Amazing. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, I tell people a lot of...
4: You wouldn't know.
0: Well, that's what a lot of people are like, what is is it like? And I'm like, well, basically, if you didn't tell me uh, that it was not meat-based, I would just tell you it's an okay burger or it's a bad burger. Like, it's somewhere in between, like, bad and okay. But, like, I mean, for being a plant-based burger, it's pretty amazing.
4: Yes! It is amazing. Like, to me, it's, like, it's, when you are just praising just a you know just one of those like I just gotta have a thing or like a hot dog or a sausage, or something like that there are so many great like, options today where you're like okay I've got this it's fine yeah it's, you don't have to kind of start and be like I don't want anything then <laughs> <laughs> well so- but yeah being, being 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 vegetarian in a kind of meat smoking city is still a little challenging obviously still but it's you know I I'm, I still eat dairy and cheese and you know it's fine like it's it's still easy for me. I yeah. think if I was a vegan in Nashville, it would be a little harder, but you know <laughs> well, it's okay. It's like it's fine. Just give me the thing and just put cheese on that. That's fine.
0: Well, so I ask all of my uh, <laughs> guests uh, if if I'm coming to their town, where's the one place that I should go? And and we've had a pretty good amount of Nashville artists on the show. Uh, Jacob Thomas and Morgan's Road and Travis Meadows. And uh, they gave us some insight into the food scene of Nashville. But if I'm getting the food scene from Katie Cole, where are you telling me that I need to go? The one spot... That you would if I was in for one night, where would you say I needed to go eat?
4: Oh, I'd still probably say go to Hattie B. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it's like if you haven't if you have haven't had like good Nashville hot chicken, yeah. like just you know. Yeah. It's it's proper oh, yeah. food, it's fried, it's everything that you want it to be. Yes. Um
0: They they you know,
4: that's kind of one of those things. You just you just go do that.
0: Impossible burger's I mean, impressive, but yeah, they haven't found a way to, to match Hattie B's chicken, that's true. That
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They need. They, they'll, they'll find a way. Give it give it another six months to a year. They'll find a way. I was It'll about to it.
0: say, they'll they'll get there. Uh so yeah. let's talk about the your most recent album, uh, Things That Break, part one. Uh you released that last uh, September. Uh fantastic E yes. P. Yes! Uh so for the year or so that you've had to show this E P off um to the fans. What song on the EP have they gravitated towards the most? What have you noticed as sort of uh, you know the 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 big fan favorite? Hmm.
4: Well, it's been unusual because I I really thought it would be um, Graceland and maybe Bo- and maybe broke mm-hmm. and and the fans have kind of told me they love Graceland they really like time on my hands and they really like all my winters it's been it's been an unusual thing especially with all my winters being kind of a dark song mm-hmm. uh kind of unusual and whatnot um for people to be like that's the song like even my mama I thought I oh, was gonna go through a Graceland blah 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 yeah and she's like no she really liked all my winters
3: that. I
4: was like okay oh. like Thanks,
0: mom. <laughs> <laughs> you can you. I I liked all my winners, but I will put my vote down for Graceland. That is, I will say that's my my favorite on the uh, the EP. Uh, I I did see an interview where you you mentioned uh, you know sort of going into those songs where uh, you you sort of leaned into the emotions more. So you know uh, when a song was taking sort of a dark turn. You 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 took it darker. You went you, you went yeah. as as well, much was, as you could into it.
4: Well, that was kind of how it's input input when I showed him, you know, certain songs and especially with like all my winters and with um, rest in pieces and I was you know kind of like sort of semi horrified when you show somebody something like, i like, you know I was doing that thing of like is it too dark and he's you know he takes a. <laughs> Back in and then looks down I'm like oh, I hate it they don't <laughs> think so much, but so, and I'm thinking about it. he's like no go darker and I'm like alright <laughs> oh, <laughs> you
3: know
4: okay. he like you're gonna go he was like if you're gonna go then go all the way be unforgiving be raw be sort of merciless just take you know just t- take people all the way so I kind of found I just sort of dig deep to find You know some of the emotional wreckage to sort of you know sew into these songs to you know just give them that extra layer of you know depth or story or character or hurt
0: or you know I was about to say go full Johnny Cash hurt that's where we want you to go today that go that deep that's where we want to go yeah dark Um,
4: well that being said hurt. By Johnny Cash was a song written by Trent Reznor. Yeah, That's a Nine Inch Now song. Yeah, so
0: there you go. Well, he was, you know, never, at the end of his career, he was he was very, you know, he, he was he sort of it, it seemed like Cash would seek out uh, songs that that didn't seem like Cash songs and make them his own, you know, with like Soundgarden, yeah. Rusty Cage, and. And hurt, you yeah. know, nine inch nails, and and but you know when he redid them, it it sounded cash. He made them that it's way exactly. You know? um,
4: and that's that's kind of the beauty of a great artist. Their interpretation will make it just something something else. Yeah. I mean, I mean, even you look at Mac Davis and songs like in the ghetto, but he wrote that Elle was cut like who knew? Yeah. <laughs> like, who knew that he would cut a song about that subject matter when he's eldest. but he was like he had that part of him and he had that sort of soul and gospel part of him and he never he never gave up yes! you know but I, I, you gotta give credit to artists that show you who they are by the choices they make
0: yeah well well so speaking of uh great artists um we already mentioned about reading liner notes i couldn't help and i felt it necessary to read the liner notes of things that break part one, and I noticed (laughs) uh, that Chris Turpin and Stephanie Jean, better known as Ida Mae, contributed to the album. Say what? Um, We actually had Chris on the show just uh, a couple months ago. And uh, what was it like working with them? And have you had a chance to listen to their recent album, Chasing Lights? Hmm.
4: Yes. Well, yes and yes and all the above. I've, <laughs> I've known Pimp and Steph for a little bit now and on very friendly terms. Um, you know, they've come through Nashville and traveled a bit. And um, and Howard worked with them back when they were um, in a band called Kill It Kids. Yeah. So he's got a history with them too. Um, i just think they're both immensely talented like crazy talented and when you see re- i mean a recording a recording and what they what they've done on their album is immense mm-hmm. you see them live and you're like oh god that's amazing like it yeah. just it's just the talent level is just crazy <laughs> so yes working yes! working with them was fantastic because they're just they just bring so much to it and he i mean he's just such an exceptional guitar player that what he did what he did when he played what he played was just like, yes. Yeah. All of that, yes. And I, had <laughs> them both sing, I had them both sing on a couple of songs, too. So their voices are in there. His voice is on Time On My Hands. you listen to it, that's like, oh, that's his voice. Oh, cool. Um, <laughs> the, yeah. gr-
0: the crazy but, thing but, is, when, when I interviewed him, uh, I was bringing up uh, his guitar playing. we were talking about it, and he's like, ah, well, <sighs> I wouldn't really say I'm like a guitarist. I was like, yeah, like if you're like, not,
4: I don't Black know who you <laughs> Black Australians, the British are like apologetic people. They're all like, I'm sorry. And <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not that good at this or that. That's just that set comes with
0: the set of where I live set along. the bar low. Ah, picked I picked this guitar up once or twice. Let me see what I can do. It's probably horrible. I don't know. Like hmm. I was just like <laughs> I don't know who says that. That's as good as you. If I was as good as yeah. you, I'd walk into a room and be like, "Well, just let everybody know I'm the greatest guitarist that did, ever did, lived." Did, so just I like, that. <laughs> it's just, it was it, it <laughs> very threw me for a curveball. Um. But last question, Uh, this is part one of Things That Break, so can we expect a part two anytime
4: soon? Yes, Yes. I've just been playing the, I don't want to say devil's advocate, but I've been playing sort of the game of what am I going to put out next? Yeah. I've still got a video to release from this DP, and maybe another one too, I'm not sure. (laughs) Um. <laughs> mm. Um. I I'm not sure whether I should put out another single and then put the rest of it out. Like, just once something's out, it's out. Yeah. And I, I people's attention spans are not sort of what they what they used to be. Yeah. But I do know that if the fans that have heard this EP would clearly like to hear more. Yeah. And you know, and and some new fans that I've made on this uh, just this recent tour, I'm sure they'd be interested to hear more too. Yeah. You know, it's just, you know, it's just finding the best way to market something when you're an independent artist. It's,
0: it's just harder. It's it's when you want to, when it'll work the best. I got it. I got yeah. it. So so we yeah. can, we can... There's, ex- definitely a, there's
4: definitely a part two, and there's definitely more music. I have a lot of, I'm as well. I have a lot of new material beyond that as well.
0: Very nice. Very nice. Well, we look forward to it. Um, Katie, we are against a break, but I want to thank you for being on the show today.
4: Yes! Thank you so much for having me. This has been
0: a pleasure. Yes. Listeners, you can keep up with Katie at katiecoleofficial.com or on Instagram at katiecoleofficial or on Twitter at katiecolemusic. Make sure to check out all the dates on her website for the North American Smashing Pumpkins Tour in August yes! uh, all over the United States. You've got Noel Gallagher and AFI as well on that. It's going to be great shows. Yes! Um, yeah, right now let's take a listen to uh my uh my favorite off the ep let's take a listen to graceland off of things that break part one by katie cole right here on the doc g show
1: All the lights have gone out but the stars so won't we'll follow them wherever they lead me dear far away far away from your heart how do i justify what i Carry on
0: And we are back here on the Doc G show. You just heard Graceland by Katie Cole. Yes. Katie Cole, man.
3: Yes.
0: Katie Cole. Dude. Yes. Awesome interview.
2: Great to have her on.
0: Fantastic, we'll man. hope
2: for uh, a lot more That's success. Right.
0: Yeah, so nice. So nice. She's, well, I mean, she's going to have some more success. Obviously, going to reach some more listeners going out on that North American tour with uh, Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> We talked about it a, a little bit uh, before the interview. Uh, you know, uh, it's got Noel Gallagher uh, from Oasis is going to be on that tour as well. Ooh, ooh. And she was like, "Oh man, I'm nice. going to totally fan out. I love <laughs> Oasis." And I was like, "Yeah, I would too. I'd be going nuts. They were one of my favorite bands of the uh, of the '90s, man." So uh, yeah, she's gonna she's gonna get some more fans out there, no doubt. Um, and, and I mean, you know. Hattie B's has been has been promoted now by like four of our guests. So true. Yeah, I mean, when you got a good spot and you got something that's you know delicious, hot
2: chicken, man, where will where it'll travel,
0: hot Word chicken. Travel. Although although Dalton's a little bit afraid of the after effects. Our man Dalton in Lonely Highway. A little bit wary of the after effects. And shout out to Dalton, recently uh, engaged. Shout out to our man Dalton. Oh yeah, shout out out to Dalton. Anyways. Being on a Dalton crap. I know man, it's crazy. Uh, Thank you to Katie Cole once again. Uh, Go out, check her music, go out, uh, check a a show. Dave, it's time for us to move on Hmm. to the third birthday suit.
2: Yes, sir. I'm on fire today, so...
0: You've got this one. I'm not even worried. I'm not even concerned about this one. Uh, Okay, me either. Born in Summerfield, Louisiana, uh, July 24th, 1963. Uh, Our birthday suit wearer was the youngest of nine children. Jeez. He was predominantly raised by his mother because his father had another family and committed suicide when our birthday suit wearer was three crazy crazy wow um when our birthday suit wearer was a child he did love to hunt fish and work on the farm he also Mm -hmm. loved to play sports specifically basketball he led his high school to three consecutive state titles he was recruited by several out-of-state schools but decided to go to college at louisiana tech he left after his 3rd year to go to the NBA. He was drafted by the Utah Jazz 13th overall. He played Carl Malone? Carl Malone is correct. Wow. Yes, dude, that's an interesting childhood. Yeah, he actually and he didn't bring that up until the 90s. Like he didn't tell anybody about his his father until the 90s. I was like, how does that not get out until the 90s? That's crazy. But that's what it says. I know. That's crazy. He played 19. Wow, they need a documentary on that. Goodness gracious. He played 19 seasons with the Utah Jazz and one sad season with the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, During that time He won won two gold medals Two MVPs Fourteen all-star appearances Fourteen all-NBA selections Almost 37,000 career points And almost 15,000 career rebounds And no championships Thanks to the GOAT Wait, what? Um, That would be Michael Jordan No shade, Carl You lost to the GOAT That is no shade, man you, but it's your birthday today, so idiot! You are a champion, my friend. You won gold <laughs> medals. You won gold medals. You're a champion. Uh, sixty-six. What? Sixty-six or wow. fifty-six?
2: Sorry, fifty-six. Whoa. No, yeah, fifty-six. Because yeah, Win one, one too high.
0: Fifty-six for Carl Malone. Looks good for fifty-six. Looks real good for fifty-six. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah,
2: he does. He's very, very pl- all-time great. Uh, top fifty players list. Yeah. You know. The outdoorsman hall of fame guy
0: big into the yeah. outdoors could you
2: imagine seeing this like 610 guy just like hunting like hi- trying
0: to hide in like a he a, was a camp you know he was he was pretty ripped too back in the day i mean i mean i'm sure he's still pretty muscular but back in the day he was right. uh a giant hulk he's of a not man a small man no no. Nonetheless, happy birthday, Carl Malone. I yes! uh, hope you're doing something you enjoy. I'm sure hunting, fishing would be my guess. That's what yep. I'm putting my vote yep. on. Uh, Dave, we've got, my goodness, the shows. My goodness. Yes! Uh, hey, you just got them lined up. Ryan Clark, Blacktop Mojo, Collective Soul, they're all coming on the show. I can't wait. I'm working on some other Lunkers, as per usual. We're out there. I've got feelers going. Say what? Um, I was hoping this week Justin would be back from his uh, his vacation. Nope. Has not came back yet. Nope. Um. Hopefully we'll get him for next He's having week. Too much fun without us. Hopefully, and don't worry, Dave. As requested by you, I will have a full story for where Justin was. So don't true. you worry. Yes. Um. But until then, I have been your host. Doc G, with me as always, Dave Burls Berlin. Doc, it's a pleasure to hear your voice. Oh. Every Wednesday. The sweet, sweet, the sweet, sweet baritones yeah. of this voice. Oh, my gosh. It's yes. It soothes the ears mm-hmm. of the listeners, all three of them. That's a fact. Thank you, guys. It tickles my beard hairs. All from Maputo. Shout out, Maputo, one more time. Yeah. Maputo.
1: Shout out.
0: Yes, indeed. Anyways, until next time, zip it up and zip it out. Zippity-doo-dah. Thank you.